feedback is welcome in the show notes thread of our Discord server. Go to gleepsgaming.fun and click on the link. Quick, quick, quick! The theme of this show is intentionality with a quickness. I am drop seat pants on head, gleep with the quick release snaps in the back. He is sorry, and now gale force yet still with all the sour you've come to expect. Wind, other he is not here. He's Vendus. He's extra greasy nuggets. Lord Vendus, but he's not here. And last but not least, other other he is still evil. He's still Joe. Tonight he's fighting for your right to party. With the speed of the ancients. Yes, that's right. He's still Evil Joe. And this is the Beyond the Village of the Potemkin Nesting Doll Pants Show Part 2A and B, maybe. In which we shall get through a lot of stuff tonight because we got a lot of stuff to get through. Sam Kinnison screams in 3, 2, 1. Come on! Come on! Hurry up! There's too much to talk about! I'm in hell! How was that? That was a 10. I couldn't hear most of that because my filter didn't recognize it as a voice. <laughs> well, it wasn't a voice. It was Sam Kinison. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> it's a creature. Okay, today is October. And it, man, that kind of hurt, actually. Today is October 19th, 2020. A show was released yesterday. Yes, Doll Pants Part 1A it was. And I still have the second half of that recording to release this coming weekend. And what we record tonight will either be released in one giant lump, and there's a sound effect that goes with that. That wasn't really, that doesn't sound very lumpy. That's my retainer. <laughs> yeah. uh, one giant lump the weekend of the 31st. Sweet, sweet Chibas. Halloween is on a Saturday this year of all years. My birthday's on a Friday. Can I tell you a secret, Bruce Willis? I see dead people. They mostly come out at night. Mostly, yeah. Is it really? Is it your? Is it going to be your um, uh, your birthday on the thirtieth? Yes. Oh yay! We'll have to celebrate. Okay. Um, or this here a recording will be released in two parts over the weekends of the thirty-first and the seventh of November. Makes no never mind to me. Computers these days they are programmable. Tell them to release a show three weeks yesterday after the fourth blue moon of Sundays, and you can bet your bottom dollar on it being done just as you like it. That and Mrs. G and I will be bug snug in our Pip-Boy the home game do-it-yourself subterranean vault and root cellar because the Cloverfield is real, (laughs) y'all. And just like the little dog said, this is fine. Fine, because of late we have been recording some what I like to call Richard Fingers evergreen material. Not so time sensitive, especially around the star citizens. Nothing to see, nothing has changed. Move along, please. So, now what isn't evergreen will be our reactions to the release of Cyberpunk 2077 on Thursday, November 19th, exactly one week before National Fitness Day. National Fitness Whole Damn Bird in My Face Mouth Day. Hoorah! So, my plan is, after tonight, the next recording session will tentatively be Monday, November 23rd. That'll be a nice break for us, and I'll maybe even get to do some gaming, too. It could happen. Come on! Come on! Hurry up! Ow! 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 ow. Okay, I'm going to have to stop that. <laughs> I hear that that goes really well with the, um, the podcast experience. <laughs> I have a whole a whole new set of filters I'm going to be playing with, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
Let's see, what is what did Venda say? Or or is that no? Uh okay. <laughs> okay, right, right. So Vendus is um alright, he's apparently Oh man. He's 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 working hard. Alright, well Vendus, uh, our thoughts are with you. Um okay, so I just want to recap real quick uh, over the last two releases because um, the second part of what we recorded last time will be coming out this coming weekend. So by the time folks hear this, um, it will have been the last two releases. We enjoyed an example of Stolen Valor and my extreme dislike thereof. Uh, we speculated upon inconsistencies, Richard's fingers, within the Star Citizen Funding Tracker Spreadsheet. Um, I mentioned that similar concerns had surfaced sometime back around the citizen count tracker um, and what that number actually means. Um, well, it just so happens that this last week an enterprising citizen was somehow able to query the Spectrum database from within Spectrum, I think, and uh, what they found confirmed some of the suspicions I had mentioned, um, and namely uh, some small percentage, I think it's between 25 and 30 percent of citizens, and that would be the number, have actually made a purchase. And how that is not, at the very, very best, incredibly misleading, I don't know. And I think, Sorian, you were look, you were looking in or talking to some folks about, about that, um, that discovery. Um, uh, uh, did you, do you have any insights into, into that? Uh, it seems like he found a, a slightly more accurate way, I guess, to query that API than they had before. Partially, I think, because they, they were forced to. Um, they they plugged whatever hole they were using before. Figured out a lot mm -hmm. of that information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, um, uh, you know, which still it seems amazing to me that there would be any hole at all that they would be able to get through um, at this point. But, you know, it just seems like, Either they don't care, or nobody's home, or um, it's, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, because I, I think last time you had said your sense of it was that it might not be, they might not have gotten um, a, a good sampling, um, or you you were less than convinced. I don't, th I don't think you were um, saying they were, um, uh, they were, Fibbing or nothing, but uh, are, are do you? What is your sense of this collection this time? Do you think that it's reliable? I think it's about as reliable as it was last time. And the just to be clear, the person who presented this information initially, who who gathered it all, they presented all the caveats that I, I feel are necessary, and that it it could all be nonsense, and it's just a, a mistake in the way Spectrum's written, or or. Maybe the way they're trying to query the API. There's a lot of caveats that you have to put alongside that information to understand the the proper context of it. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but you know, like we've been saying uh, for the last month or so, you know, it's like in the absence of information, we go we go looking for um, for signals where we can find them, and we put them together and. Uh, uh, we, we, we try to reconstruct the black box outside the black box and then see if we can make heads or tails of uh, what it is that's actually happening in the real world. So, all right. Well, that's, um, that's good to know. Um, and then uh, we pretended to thoughtfully contemplate uh, CIUK's tax filings to the company house and what those filings might indicate. And I know we talked about it after we stopped recording last time, and so I'm not sure what we got if we got the what that what they might indicate bit 
uh, on to the recorded part of the show. So just real quickly, we're not lawyers. We're not forensic accountants. <laughs> a forensic accountant? Accountants, not economists, accountants. And that said, we do play them on the internet. Am I right? Yes, I am. Of course I am. Um, anywho, it appears that the specific forms filed by CI for 2018 in the UK are consistent with the filings a company that has lost money or is losing money would make. And um, I I can't put any finer a point on it than that. I wish I could, but I can't. That's just all, all that we know. And like I said, you know, we take what we can get and we uh, try to formulate... Um, uh, our best case opinion going forward from uh, from that. So uh, we should get our next profit and loss for marketing majors report sometime before the end of the year, and that that would be for the year 2019. And maybe it'll say something, but it probably won't. So we'll just keep keep our eyes open for that. Okay. So <clears throat> and one more thing before we move on to the little con that wasn't, or or was it? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then, okay, I'm just going to, come on, come on, hurry up, ow, ow, ow. (laughs) (laughs) For three years, I spent the majority of my hobby time creating podcast content in support of the Star Citizen Project. I should say we, because uh, there were several of us involved over the years. And anyhow, uh, we accepted no money for what we did. We accepted no support from CIG nor from any other backer organization. We gave freely for the love of the game. Uh, Then the worm began to turn for me beginning at SitCon in 2016. I stopped creating uh, positive or supportive Star Citizen content during the final run-up to the 3.0 release in December of 2017. Then we, uh, that would be Pizza Dot and I, we handed over the those guys with ship's keys to Wolf Larson in January of 2019. I'm still sad that that had to happen, but it did. Uh, furthermore, given what I now believe the Star Citizen Project actually was and what it has become, I feel bad about my role in promoting it. I'm not saying I should have known better. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it exactly the same way if I had it to do over again. I'm just saying I don't feel good about it and that I am, to a degree, disheartened that the other content creators of, um, of that time and of the current time uh, continue to advertise Star Citizen to new potential backers. I mean, caveat emptor, I guess, but um, I still don't have to feel good about it. And if there are any potential backers listening to this, I'm fitting to flame on CR pretty good here in a minute. So I hope you all like your space whale. Well done. (laughs) Uh, No, seriously. Whatever you do, don't take my word for anything Star Citizen related as fact. Um, And don't take any other content creator's words at face value either. Instead, I believe that you should always attempt to verify information before making any significant decisions to do with anything Star Citizen related, including carefully considering the perspective of any content creator, uh, considering the perspective that they are coming from before deciding whether or not to believe them. Uh, So how do you do that? Well, one way is to consider what that person has to lose if backers suddenly stop pledging. Not only money losses, but also think about potential social losses too. So ask yourself, is the person a streamer, a Star Citizen streamer who depends upon tips and chat or Patreon subs? Or is the person the leader of a large org or Star Citizen group which exists inside and or outside the game? If the dream dies, do so do the sources of benefit to these example creators I have suggested. 
Therefore, in my opinion, both examples would be biased towards keeping the star citizen dream alive. Ceteris paribus. <laughs> Threw that in there for you, Joe. Um, and their advice would likely be similarly biased. So, <laughs> Mr. Rexilla, uh, no, I'm sorry. There's no one by that name here anymore. <laughs> and whatever you do, don't let anyone tell you that your expectations are bad or wrong. Don't let them tell you that you need to learn to manage your expectations by getting past them. Anyone who tells you this is either too diminished as a human being to understand what they are actually saying, or they are trying to indoctrinate you into an arrangement you probably don't want to be a part of. Make informed choices, honor your commitments, hold others accountable for what they have committed to, and never ever let anyone take your dignity away from you. Anything else uh, before we move on from what we covered last time? Not for me. All right. You guys have any comments? I agree. I, I think a lot of people have a, a huge investment in this project, and they want more people to jump in for the various reasons he was scrapped. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. I think it's, um, you know... It makes sense. You know, it makes sense. We, we uh, over the three-plus years that we were doing Versecast, we, we got almost to 400 members, you know, and that was that was significant, you know. And so it was a thing. It was a, you know, it was hard to walk away from that. I mean, that's not really the sort of thing that drives me, uh, motivates me, um, but it's definitely a thing of value, and I, I appreciate. Uh, I did not discount it, and, I, I, you know, I still appreciate that, uh, that uh, um, people were there. You know, and and uh, so uh, that kind of made it that made it a little harder than um, than folks might uh, might suppose, given my my uh, sort of um, uh, f- glib personality, I suppose. Glib flip. Um, I don't know. There's probably another adjective in there somewhere. Um, Joe, anything? Joe, you want to add? No, I think you, you covered it pretty good. I would just say, like, even at this point, if you wanted to get into the game. Like, 45 bucks. That's all you need to do, right? To, to get into the game, play it, and, and you can earn money in-game and buy ships. There's no real mm-hmm. reason to go and spend hundreds of dollars. From someone who's... It's social spent... pressure. Yeah, yeah. Is there a social pe- pressure, though? Wow. But Depends you... on what group you're in with. Exactly. But you, you yeah. want to have the nice things in your group of friends, right? And you want to you have those nice things, not just for you, but to to have fun times with your buddies be like oh it's great that we fly all our little ships it'd be nice if we had a bigger one so that we could hang out together inside one big ship and then suddenly mm-hmm. you've got that social situation creates an environment where people want to spend more money mm-hmm. yeah I mean, and uh, they are very um, very skilled in the way that they release the larger ships I mean it will they tend to be timed in a way that hype naturally develops. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I succumbed to it. You know, I mean, it was like, hey, there's, um, you know, Genesis Starliner's coming out. You know, Ben Lesnick had that amazing presentation he put together. It was a whole pamphlet uh, talking about, um, you know, uh, carrying travelers around, uh, around the verse and all the places you were going to be able to go and you were going to, have these cute little uh, mini skirts that you would wear and, and the mix master drink thing and uh, um, you know all that stuff uh, you get to play airplane um, uh, and chances are that's never gonna happen you know so 
but it was very enticing, you know, and I I bought two of them. <laughs> I also take I'm issue a... with the concept of being able to earn the ships in game when the resets can still happen. Like, you might spend oh, yeah. who knows how many hours getting millions of credits or whatever to get these they're incredibly expensive ships in game mm -hmm. and then just lose all that progress. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is that is true. So it's just a they put in a lot of work to get a taste of something so that you, they they can get you to spend real money on it. Mm -hmm. And to to Joe's point, they still have um, at least a couple free fly events every year. So if you want to check it out, you can certainly do that. And um, uh, we were discussing just a moment ago the uh, the breakdown of the citizen numbers and a significant, you know. We don't know how, exactly how accurate those numbers are, but I think it's safe to uh, consider that a significant number, a si significant percentage, very large percentage of the citizens uh, uh, enumerated on the website only played during free fly events because they never made a purchase. So, yeah, well, the, based on the information we have, it's about 75%, right? Yeah. That's our that's guesstimation. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> Three quarters of the people haven't put down a dime, which um, when you start doing some simple division uh, makes some of us look like real, real smart fellas, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, all right, well, okay, great. Um, let's move on to the event that was, uh, so happy birthday, Star Citizen. Now go f*** yourself. <laughs> Why? No, I'm sorry. Jesus. didn't mean to say that out loud. Um, no Citizen Con this year. Um, I think that many citizens didn't believe it wouldn't happen until it didn't. Um, and, uh, you know, to, to acknowledge here, if CI has ever been transparent and upfront about anything, the cancellation of Citizen Con was that thing. Um, they called it a birthday party this year. So, and I think that's fair to dis to distinguish between the two. Um, I do still wonder if any of the faithful uh, went ahead and gathered in Century City wearing uh, wearing their purple bathrobes and black Nikes. And uh, I just, but honestly, I I think we're we're not too too far from that territory with some of uh, with some of the uh, uh, groups uh, that uh, make up the uh, Star Citizen fandom. Anyhow, so what is it that did happen? Well, I'll tell you one thing: Eddie Van Halen died, and so sad. Wookie is sad. Um, I was blown away the first time I heard Running with the Devil as a very, very young man. Um, I did saw the Van Halen live, not the Van Hagar. Uh, one time back in the day, I had a crazy crush on Valerie Bertinelli when I was just a drippy little knee knocker of a lad, and I felt betrayed the day I learned that she and Eddie were getting married. I grew into the dork <laughs> I am today with Van Halen as a part of that soundtrack, and I think the last few years of Eddie's life were likely pretty uncomfortable. Uh, I assume that that pain is gone now. So Godspeed, Eddie. You did a thing with your life, and long live Big Rock.
Alright, I'm still Glee, he's still Saurian. <laughs> no, wait! Okay, terrific. And then I had some Sam Candace in there. Come on, hurry, 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 hurry. From Guitar Shredder to Perennial Bed Wetter, yes, that's right, Sit Not Con, what the hell was that? Uh, and I suppose we might as well take it chronologically because no other order seems to make any kind of difference. Um, let's, um, let us start out, um, let us start out with uh, the event. So uh, we had, we had some written postings, we had um, the, um, uh, the videos, and then we also had the end game event. And we were talking about that a little bit, I think, before we started recording. And uh, so some birthday parties get clowns that make balloon animals. Uh, the Star Citizen backers got a birthday clown murder hobo simulator TM. Um, so come break the game in one of these two ships that actually works and earn yourself a helmet that you will get court-martialed just for having. <laughs> Guys, what did you think about, uh, about the... Um, the event, the uh, and I don't even know what they called it. Um, Halloween nonsense. I don't know. Is that is that? <clears throat> That's what I'm calling it. Beverage to soothe my kinison. <sighs> I think that it got way too much. Uh, like it became way more provocative than it probably should have been. <laughs> That's my feeling. <laughs> It was very polarizing. It was very, it was a very polarizing event. People were immediately complaining about it because, I mean, and I think some of it did boil down to the old, you know, I don't want a PvP. Well, you know, I, you know, I don't want a PVE. You know, it's like, well, you know, Care Bears, Care Bears matter too, and it's like, well, okay, yeah, sure, fine. Uh, that functionality is not in the game. But I think on the other side of it, you know, they might have thought it through a little bit before they put this, you know thing into the game where basically you cheese the you cheese the prize by you know gathering all your friends together if you can get 50 people together and then you just take turns killing each other you know um so it's and i know uh, i heard um i heard a, uh i think it was salty mike that was talking about you know that he what he didn't like about the way that the contest was set up is like now the helmet doesn't really mean as much as it did uh, as it would have if you had to um, have 50 kills within, you know, um, within over a certain period of time. You know, I don't know if they could have said it like, you know, no more than one an hour, only one an hour counts or, or anything. But at the end of the day, I don't really care about that kind of stuff. I'm not an achievement collector guy anyway, and I thought that helmet was pretty, pretty odd looking. But um that's that's what they did, you know, and you so you assume that there was uh, there was a, a panel or a discussion about you know what are we going to do? And to me, it just felt very slapped together at the last minute. Like this was a helmet that they were going to offer for sale, you know, or perhaps a subscriber flare. And instead, at the last minute, they decided, well, we should probably do something to kind of flesh out the schedule for the for the birthday celebrations. So here, we'll just say kill fifty people, get the helmet. Because I'm assuming coding something like that into the back end would be relatively simple. Is, is that correct? It seems like it would be pretty easy to do. Um, at least compared to a lot of the missions that they propose doing in the future, which 
I had the suspicion that their mission system is just so far from done that this is the best they could have done for this event within a reasonable time frame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just, it doesn't, it didn't feel um, like it was a, like it was a, a special accomplishment. Here, let's celebrate this accomplishment. It just felt like a thing that got tossed together, you know. It's like, <laughs> it's the daddy, daddy went out for cigarettes and then he never came back. So, you know, the uh, there was no one to pay the clown, so the clown left early and, um, and so mommy just uh, drank herself unconscious. <laughs> oh, childhood. Um, all right. Well, if there's nothing else really to uh, to go over with that, and and I think we're we're stretching it as it is, um, let's go get into the written postings. And I I don't want to go over everything, which um, I don't think should be too too difficult, just because there wasn't there wasn't that much of substance there. Um, so I just want to hit the parts that I reacted to most, and um, and you guys feel free to jump in with additions and or amendments as you see fit. Okay, so I want to start off with the uh, the AMA recap, and so that had the uh, that was the Chris Todd and Tony show, and um, uh, you know I don't think we need to go over the ground rules. Everyone knows they would they're not going to answer any when questions. They're not going to follow up on any, you know, but last year you said this questions. Um, so uh, in a sense I think calling it an AMA is is a is a bit of a farce. Um, ask me anything but that. Yeah, ask me anything except these things. Yeah. Um, that said, I do want to go over the Squadron 42 question that was asked by what appears to have been a real grown-up person. <laughs> and so that question was, Squadron 42 is currently six years behind its original delivery target. Over recent years, there has been little communication on updated delivery targets for Squadron 42. The last information available was the estimated Squadron 42 beta in Q3 of 2020, which is now gone. Um, on the now abandoned roadmap. That date has now passed and there has been no communication on whether Squadron 42 has entered beta. As it stands, the community has completely divided opinions on the expected release date of Squadron 42 with opinions varying from that Squadron 42 is in beta currently to it being five plus years away. You stated in the pledge, and we all remember the pledge, we the developer intend to treat you with the same respect we would give a publisher. You will receive regular updates about the progress of the game. Given the massive uncertainty on the progress of Squadron 42 within the community, do you feel as though you have been meeting this objective? And, um, I, you know, Chris, I, I don't want to read his whole thing because it's... It, but basically he said... Um, you know, hey, we're going to do a briefing room thing, so, you know, check that out. Um, and, uh, you know, we can always do better. You know, we're not saying that we're perfect. Um, but, yeah, we have been giving you all kinds of communication. And, you know, he states that uh, the marketing materials are what they're calling communication. You know, so the um, – um, and then the, the, the shows with – I don't – you know, and to be fair, I don't watch any of the videos anymore, so I don't know – um, I'm pretty sure they don't talk about, you know, when you can expect things. They're just saying, you know, hi, my name is, is, is Ryan and, and this is what I do, um, more. Um, so, you know, I will say that he says, so yes, I do feel like we have been meeting the pledge, which to me just seems like such a huge 
disconnect uh, between what those words said and how we interpreted them and how he is operating on the go forward. I mean, I, I get the sense that from his perspective, everything is fine as far as his obligations. And um, I, I just, I vehemently disagree. So uh, what do you guys think about that? If you don't acknowledge the problem, then it's not there, then everything's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Joe? I mean, it's par for the course. It's what I've come to expect. I don't watch the videos anymore either because, frankly, they used to have more things, more promises in the past. And it used to be, like, less mundane going through the motions, just, like, data dump of stuff that, like, I would not even really care about. And then I think a lot of people, the, the amount of theory crafting that comes out of that is just, I don't even know if everybody be watching the same videos mm-hmm. anymore. Like, I mean, I started to watch them and I'm like this they're not really saying anything new we're not really getting anything out of there we're not getting like any good insight in there they're not really releasing anything new and so like for for Chris to kind of say that at this point I'm like yeah that's it's about what I expect from CIG at this point um there is a sort of a trajectory of progress I guess <laughs> I mean, there are changes to the game um but not not a lot when they don't feel 40... meaningful to me. Yeah, when's the, Squadron the... 42 going to come out? That's a great question. I don't think anybody... I don't even know how to estimate that at this point. Because I would expect... You know, the biggest problem we've talked about before is probably solving networking issues. But this is a mm-hmm. single-player game. There shouldn't be any you know, networking right. issues. So what are the issues? And there's that sense of, like, Chris is a perfectionist and doing all these rewrites and reshoots. And I don't know what to make of it. Um five years next year I, I i i hold the same credibility for people saying it's, in, it's gonna be in five years to the same people who say it's gonna be next quarter right right you know i mean because if if there are people that are actually saying well it, it's in beta they just can't talk about it like well why not why can't they talk about it why would they lie to us and say it's not in beta because they've explicitly said that it's not in beta yeah yeah i mean but you know and that's the that's kind of back to your point, Joe, on the uh, the polarization is that the this absence of information and communication leads to people. Um, not everybody has a, has as cool a and shiny black box as we do. You know, some people, some groups have have a black box that you know was a, was a refurb, <laughs> a refurb sent back to Amazon three times, and when they got it, they're like, well, it's kind of the only thing we can afford, so we're just going to have to make do. And so, their black box is telling them that, yeah, it's done, it's done, and and maybe then your birthday's coming up in, a, in in three weeks, so maybe Chris is going to surprise you with a with the release of Squadron Forty Two. That's Ooh. what's going to happen. We're just going to skip beta and go straight into release. We're going to go straight. straight and they're going to send it directly to your mailbox. <laughs> I feel like most of the video content I have watched from them lately is just really retreading the same stuff, even stuff from, from several years ago, like putting up the same assets or, or images of a previous thing that we've seen already multiple times. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's... You know, and I know that it, a, a lot of it has to do with how, um, you know, my interpretation has changed. But used to really look forward to um, um, reverse the verse. 
because someone would pop in and you would get some you would get some information or uh, you know ship shape was it the the show that uh, Lisa Ohanian uh, used to host you know you would get a reveal on an aspect of an upcoming um, uh, ship so I mean it, it felt exciting because it was like there was actually something new and tangible there for you to um, to discuss with your friends. You weren't getting anything new, but you were getting new material for essentially for theory crafting. So, um, you know, in the long run, I don't think it was any better. But at least the perception at that point uh, for us, anyway, or for you know some me and some some of the folks I was chatting with about that stuff at that time was, you know, hey, this is very cool. And, you know, this is going to fit in really well, you know, when we do Operation Pitchfork, you know, because a lot of the stuff we talked about was centered around what, you know, how we were going to participate in Operation Pitchfork. And when was the last time you heard about that? Just now. We don't give promises for stuff like that anymore. No, no. And, and the reason for that is because they can't deliver on those promises. And the reason for that is... Well, that depends on who you ask. Um, what makes sense in my black box, um, or coming out of my black box, <laughs> uh, is that um, is that Chris can't let anything go. You know, it, everything gets sent back for another rework. You know. Well, how could you have Operation Pitchfork right now? It's not physically possible in the game as it exists. No. Yeah, I mean, with fifty people. <laughs> <laughs> with 50 people only half of them with ships <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't i i don't i don't know and how many ai could would they be able to support like the ai is not really working right now yeah yeah i mean it's you know but it's you know there's the whole you know uh boiling frogs phenomena is that this the the reason the what i believe is the um, um, reasonable expectation set of expectations um, for um, this project has consistently grown smaller and smaller and smaller, but it has done so at a um, at such a, a rate that a lot of people don't notice it. I mean, I think some people probably noticed. You know, the first deadline was missed. Like, ah, you know, I'm out of here. You know, it's. You know, I'll, I'll check back in in a year, and then they did that, and they go, "Oh, this this, this ain't happening, guys. I'll, I'll see you." And that, and they're they're fine out playing something else. But you know, as as I was saying earlier, those of us who had more skin in the game, you know, we were part of a group that you know made a whole bunch of friends and everything, and this is what we had in common, and this is what we wanted to um, uh, experience together. We stuck it out, and then you know, for some of us, it it just one day I got to a point where I said, you know what, I, I have to walk away from it because it's not it's not okay and I really don't feel good about myself representing this to other people like it's a thing that they should come and, um, uh, you know, develop expectations of their own about, you know, so. Um, yeah, so anyway, Chris, um, or uh, Chris basically said, um, you know, what he said then the there was a follow-up from the same guy he said i am sorry but this is this is feels <laughs> i am sorry mr roberts but all your base are belong to us um this is feels like a non-answer can you please state at which stage of development squadron 42 is 
Joe. There's your question. Uh, the old roadmap showed that it should now be in beta, but based on the monthly reports that still mention prototyping, I think it is safe to assume that is not the case. <clears throat> and and, uh, and then I just Chris comes back is you know, um, I answered the question, just not the question you wanted answered. <laughs> that's not what. That's <laughs> what does that even that's mean? Not what words mean? <laughs> that's that's like my math teacher. Like, hey, what's you know. 2x equals 5, and I'm like, Oklahoma! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, yeah. I answered your question. Just not, yeah, yeah. not the question you not wanted. The, yeah, and so, you know, that is, is you know, pretty much the um, um, the gist of it, I think. Uh, he talks about the, um, the new roadmap um, is going to show how we are doing towards that goal um, as we get closer, or as, we, as, as how we get closer to goals. But my understanding of the of the uh, new roadmap is that it is going to show, it is going to be a snapshot of what it is they are working on in the moment. You know, so these, this is the snapshot of what we're working on in the moment, and it's going to be at a pretty, a pretty fine level of detail. So it's it's certainly not going to include. Okay, project seventy two percent done. It's going to it's going to be okay. We have all of these teams, and well, what was he? He was saying something. They have fifty eight sprint teams or something like that. Um, so these teams are doing this. They're working on this. They're working on it. next week. They're going to be working on um, on uh, or when next week comes, they'll either be working on the exact same thing or they might be working on something different. But the previous week, you're not going to know what the next thing is that they're supposed to be working on. So I think um, uh, guard frequency Tony really um, uh, hit it on the head. He said he said we're not we're not going to get a roadmap anymore. They're just going to start putting out periodic signposts, and so the signpost is going to say you are here, but it's not going to tell you where here is relative to where it is that you want to go. It's just going to say this is the spot you're standing in right now. It's like okay, well, great. How how do I get to housewares? Well, I'm sorry, we can't we can't tell you that. But we can tell you that you're right here. You see, right next to the escalator. You see, it's like, this is where you are because we we care about you. I was like, well, okay, fantastic. So, and, and I think, sorry, as you said, I, I got here in my notes that there was no ownership of the problems. There's no regrets. Um, you know, we can always do better. Is not an admission of anything. It's just a deflection of um, of I think what he sees as a question that is beneath him. Um, so um, I, well, it, is, it is now, I, isn't it? Because he has he has your money. You can't get it back. He doesn't have to answer mm-hmm. your questions. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I, you know, and I, I think that that a fair number of apologists for the program are are um, for the project are become uh, activated. Uh, when stuff like this happens because, you know, essentially what they say is, you know, look, you're pissing him off. You're pissing him off, and that just means we're going to get less. You know, so don't piss him off because he's, you know, they're, they'll stop they'll stop doing what they're already doing, you know. And it's like, no, you don't, you, you don't, you honor your, the commitments you make, you, you hold people to the commitments they make to you. Any other way, you know, capitulation doesn't work. You know, it's it's just un, it's not a healthy relationship, and I think there are too many people willing to um, to enter in 
those types of relationships or stay in those type of abusive relationships for much longer than makes any kind of reasonable sense. Um, and what's even worse is they expect other people to do it as well. Um, and that's where it really gets messed up is when you start having those expectations of other people. So It's just that you, you give them an inch and they take a mile. Yeah, yeah. You, there, Joe? You literally just described a cult. You have like this abusive relationship that someone gets kind of like psychologically in that space and then they they try to get other people in that space as well. They know it's sort of bad, but you have to like maintain this fiction in my head through having other people around doing the same thing, echoing the same stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, other people have said that who are naysayers. So, I mean, I don't, but it's just the way it was described right there. Yeah, it kind of is a cult. I mean, to your point where I'm coming from, if you still want to play the game and you find it fun, awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. I've had fun in Star Citizen. Um, it's just, I, do I see an end to this anytime? No. And and mm-hmm. that's why I'm sort of, I, I would I feel bad too just having a couple other friends who back in the day, I'm like, yeah, get this. You want to get a ship now because like my thought way back in the day, like 2014, is like get a ship now, get a Super Hornet now because then you'll have a Super Hornet when you start playing the game. You know, as right. opposed to like maybe it takes you months in game to get that. You can start out with that. You don't have to. And I kind of feel bad now because those people don't even play the game. They spent like a hundred bucks at the time and really they haven't played 3.0 you know they moved on in life literally like had kids started families like you know because it's been <laughs> it's been eight years um yeah yeah and then the game development argument like you don't know game development well you know i'm not a game developer right i, mm-hmm. I do write code for a living and mm-hmm. i work with simulation engines for a living so i know a little bit about development um but i mean <laughs> if you look at any other game that's been built has not taken this long to like only yeah. have what we have to have no you know you can't even say it well it's you know it's because of coronavirus and everyone's work from home well they're, they're already yeah. distributed they've already been distributed working across zoom yeah. because there are always yeah, different yeah. studios or they weren't communicating so that and every other tech company i know yeah they're, they're like about 80 percent right being productive mm-hmm. but they're still being productive you know, some stuff has slid to the right uh, for a lot of different development. Um, Cyberpunk, for one. But yeah, in general, like, what have we got this year? What did we get last year? What did we get the year before? That trajectory is, like, so low. It's almost flat, yeah. right? Like, It's asymptotically approaching zero. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's not... Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think it's... Um, you know, and the... Harkening back to a, the part of my 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 pre-show screed, um, uh, the, you know the, the bit about expectations and about you know people um, people telling you that expectations are bad and that um, you know uh, that you know you that it is on the individual to um, manage their own expectations and by manage they mean um, uh, get past them. Just you know, say okay, it's not going to happen. So um, you know, this thing that they said they were going to do, they're they're just not going to do it. So uh, clean slate will go on from here. And it's like that is is so dysfunctional. And um, especially when you're trying to convince other people that this is the way that um, uh, 
people who are really supportive of the project. This is how they think, you know, um, sort of coming back to what you were saying, uh, Joe, about, about the cult, you know, about a cult, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of stuff, you know, really it scares and frightens me. Uh, well, it scares and frightens me. It scares and it angers me um, because that's just taking advantage of people. Um, and um, it's bad enough that the, um, the company does it. Um, it's doubly bad when backers, when backers do it to other backers. But that's just, that's just my, that's just my opinion. Well, that's the easiest way to police that whole thing is to have people do it from the inside. That's the easiest way to oppress people is to get them to do it to each other. Right. True. Right. Exactly. Look, look in the past though, how Chris used to, how they used to say it. Like, they're like, Hey, you can get this ship right now. Like we're going to get you like, um, I don't know, the Caterpillar when it first came out, but then they're like, Hey, mm -hmm. pledge on this if you want. But you don't, you know, you can get it in game. You don't need to, you know, they, they used to say that back. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't hear that anymore. Like that guy's, you know, maybe they got sick of repeating it or putting that caveat there all the time, but that kind of went away. And then they had the, all these, you know, ship sales and yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I you know, uh, content creators too, um, used to say that a lot. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because I don't, you know, I check in every once in a while with a few of the, uh, of the, um, um, <laughs> of the shills <laughs> and um you know i and i want to say there was something about that somebody had mentioned that and like uh, somebody had uh, somebody from within the organization had you know said yeah well you know we're we're, we're trying to uh, encourage people to take a look at the the broad offering we have on on uh on offer broad offering on um so yeah, I don't know. It's um, it, it, the money really, you know, it, the money you, has never been a comfortable thing. But when the money meant we weren't going to have a publisher um, writing um, writing on um, a development's uh, shoulder. Um, you know, making design decisions, you know, that sort of thing. At least to me at that point, because I'm not a developer either, but at that point, it made sense to me like, you know, yeah, okay, so we can eliminate that, you know, we can eliminate the, the, the money guy that knows nothing about games or, you know, isn't a fan of games, doesn't have, doesn't share the passion that we, we have for um, the idea of this project, we can eliminate that by putting up the money ourselves. And yeah, sure, you know, some of us, um, you know, who are fortunate enough to have, um, um, you know, uh, more disposable income than some other uh, fans, we were able to um, uh, to put a little bit more in, but um, somehow that didn't that didn't fix the problem because you know. What happened? What was it? Year before last? All of a sudden, hey, we've got it. We've got investors now. We have these guys, the Calders. Well, well, what are they doing here? Well, they they're so excited by the project, they want to get on board, and uh, so they've given us forty-two million dollars. And don't worry, it's not for development; it's for advertising. For when Squadron Forty Two comes out, that's we're going to use that money for advertising because we don't want to use any of the money that you backers have given us for development on anything but development. My understanding is that $42 million is gone. Where did it go? I don't think it went to advertising. 
Um, oh, remember all those uh, live action uh, Star Citizen commercials you were seeing, like at the football, uh, you know, the NFL. Um, yeah, games and, and, yeah. That you know, was the Super Bowl and everything. Yeah, yeah remember those? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, that was that was the day I drank antifreeze, so no, I, my memory's <laughs> not too good at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's you know, and it and what what baffles me more than or not, what continually aggravates me, I guess, to be more honest, um, is that. People just let that go, you know. People just say, "No, wait a second. This, you weren't supposed to. Why, you know? Why all of a sudden do we have investors that um, are? It seems pretty apparent uh, to our black boxes or out of our black boxes that they're putting down some conditions. Um, I thought that that wasn't supposed to happen. That was the whole point of the crowdfunding the project, right? Wasn't it?" Um, but people don't, they just say, oh yeah, well, we've got the investors, you know, what happened? Well, they're not publishers. It's a different word. So it's not the same, obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know if they're worse or better. Um, I don't know. And, you know, and then, and then you find out, you know, um, again, you know, from the black box that, um, that there were investors all along. You know, there were there were money people involved all along, but they just didn't talk about it, you know, because it was going to be, you know, the biggest crowdfunded thing ever, which I guess it, it, it may still be, though, um, you know, sorry, I don't, you, um, I'm sure you saw the bit in that last um, uh, a set of numbers that came out that seems to indicate that um, uh, citizen... Citizen growth uh, over the last couple, or since to was it 2016? Citizen growth has been very, very small. You know that there were, if we assume that there are um, seven, roughly three quarters of a million um, backers who have actually paid money, um, and we had 500,000 um, back in 2016. That's only a growth of you know 250,000 over the last four years. So you had 500. You have 500 um, over the first four years, and then only half of that over the, the second four years. Back to what Joe had said, you know, has said, you know, I think earlier tonight and certainly in previous shows, how the hell do you explain $30 million in May? If, if, that's, if that's all, if, if your rate of new actual cash on, on the barrelhead backers is continuing to decline, how do you explain $30 million in May? Well, um, we supposed last time that that funding number isn't just people, you know, isn't just backers funding the game. There's money from other sources being put in there. What money and why? I think that that's, those are reasonable questions for us to ask. And, uh, of course, we got none of that during uh, this birthday celebration. So... Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum. I think the, okay. the publisher was never the problem is really what it all boils down to and, and investors don't necessarily have the same um, maybe wherewithal or ability to control a developer and their schedule like a publisher does it's kind of like when you mm-hmm. see a director's cut of a movie come out and you realize you know it's kind of good that they were on a time crunch because none of this shit needed to be in the movie Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like I've had a similar experience with some movies, like the 
director's cut of uh, Apocalypse Now. I mean, it turned, what, a three-hour movie into, like, a five-hour movie. Um, there were some interesting scenes, you know. I mean, there was some stuff was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. You know, there was, you know, some storylines that they cut out, you know, some sort of subplots, not plots necessarily, but, you know, some context that got cut out. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't remember how that movie did at the box office. I'm guessing because it was so involved that perhaps... Um, you know, it, some people sh- sort of sh- <laughs> shied away, um, which, you know, is odd for me to say after posting a, um, uh, a three hour video <laughs> for everyone to watch <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, yeah. So I, I, I think that's a good point. That's a good point that, um, it, you know, the publisher, a, a good publisher really makes a difference, you know, and I, and I've heard. I've heard authors whose work I really respect say that about editors, saying, you know, you don't, you, if you get a good editor, you know, chain yourself to them because they are, they are precious. They will, they will take your crazy rambling ideas and suggest a way to you that might make them, might make uh, your overall um, uh, point more um, effective um, in communicating. Uh, in the communication to other, uh, to your readers, to, to the folks you're hoping will be interested in and in, in buy your book. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and some people yeah. really need that. Some people like, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who made Death Stranding. Like he obviously he needed some, you know, less restrictions, and he did amazing things without that. But if there was ever mm-hmm. any creative that needed restrictions, it would be Chris Roberts. Yeah, well, and he's even admitted as such, I mean, as much. I mean, I think there was some interview when he was uh, still finishing up Wing Commander, the movie, um, uh, who said something, there was some some comment he made of that, he said, yeah, if I had had somebody that could have come in and said, no, we, we shouldn't do this, that that would have helped out quite a bit. And um, uh, on Guard Frequency, the show that will be coming out uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, the 20th, um, Tony was talking about way back in the day, 2014, uh, when he and Chivalry Bean uh, from, which I think it's just a great name. I still don't understand what it means all these years later, but I think it's a great name. When he and Chivalry Bean and one other um, guy from their org uh, went and interviewed Chris and asked him straight up, said, hey, Chris, um, how you doing on that, you know, letting the baby go? That, you know, uh, you know, time for the baby to fly, pushing it out of the nest. And he said, I've learned that lesson. I've learned that lesson. It's going to be different this time, and it is anything but. So, um, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very um, disappointing. (laughs) It's different this time. All these other projects came to an end and were were put out. Um, Well. But, I mean, I think publishers, video game publishers are like HOAs. Um, Mm -hmm. No one really likes them. But the alternative mm-hmm. is well, I, I I don't want to clean the pool. Yeah, like yeah, your your neighbor's like putting up weird like performance art pieces in your in your front lawn and and you know are like not mowing their grass and or you know continually not releasing a game because you keep making changes and feature creep to the point that yeah you know yeah. <laughs> that engine's gonna be outdated by the time they're they're not gonna be able to work on it fast enough to keep up to date with like. Unreal or yeah. Unity or any of the other. <laughs> There's no way they could either. I mean, it's no. You've got to be fair. You've got no. hundreds of people working on an engine 
that's that's their whole job and then you've got hundreds of people working on a game like there's no there's no way they can maintain both without spinning off a whole new company just to maintain their own engine right Mm -hmm. yeah remember back in the days when they were going to be able to subsidize uh, the further development of star citizen by licensing star engine oh back back when they called it star engine yeah I'd rather close my unmentionables in a windowsill than use that monster <laughs> of an engine. Sorin, did you catch it was somebody re- tried to review Lumberyard and they were like, I'm gonna make a video, like I'm gonna go through and like start a starter project and the the video was basically the guy he's like, I totally was gonna do this and uh yeah, there's just no way. This is like sticking needles in my eye trying to get anything developed. Uh <laughs> so it's like well, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's a, a little bit off, off, off topic, but um, and I was, was going to discuss this um, um, in in a future show, but you know, let's take a look at Lumberyard Crucible. What happened? You know, it was released, then it was pulled back into beta, and then it was canceled. You know, that I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm misinterpreting, but I was thinking that that was supposed to be for Amazon, kind of a showcase game. Um, you know, something, you know, seeing, you know, hey, we can tackle this popular genre, this, you know, hero, I, I forget which, I don't know what you call it, hero, hero, hero shooter, focus, hero shooter, you know, and I mean, they, I mean, I mean, if I was a dev on that or involved with that project, man, I would be crushed. It's like, you know, they rushed to, to put it out. They you know they they had it in um, in early. I don't know if they even called it an early access. No, it was full release. They they had it out for what maybe a month, and then they said, "Oh, we're going to pull it back into beta." We you know we've heard we've heard what you you folks have said and blah 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 blah. Uh, you know the the right words, the right words, the right words, and then there's just a tweet. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, we, we've really impressed by fan, you know, you know, fans' devotion and, uh, you know, bloody blah, blah, yakety smack, and oh yeah, we we shot it in the head. Um, it was like, why? You know, I mean, or is it, is it that it's just that bad? I mean, is it that hard to work in that environment, or is it, is the is the limitations? Did you discover limitations on the on the development environment that weren't going to allow you to go forward? Um, which, I don't think that's you know, the case. Um, what, so, do, well, what do you think? What do you think? I, I don't think Lumberyard is, is that bad. It's definitely rough around the edges, but I I think what the work that they're doing to make CryEngine a viable game engine, basically replacing pieces of it over time, is, is admirable. And they've done a good job trying to to make that something workable over the years. Um, trying to do that and develop a game on top of it, I think has caused Amazon some trouble. But I think the real issue was that game not having any real kind of identity or any real kind of plan. They don't, I mean, they, they didn't advertise the game at all. Like they, it was in development for many, many years and it, it switched mm. what it was going to be multiple times. Um, I mean, that, that game was destined to fail and not because of technology problem. Yeah, it was just bad, okay. bad design and too generic of an execution. Uh, I mean, I, okay. a lot of the criticism was like even the characters seemed like ripped off from, you know, other games like clear rips, um, and then it, mm. it didn't like bring anything new to the table, from from okay. a game perspective. And I, okay, you know how gamers can be. It was a gray soup genre matchup. Yep. 
Just way okay. too many things. Well, so you're thinking the the things that led to its downfall are not going to be applicable when um, uh, considering uh, war, um, new world crap, not world. Yeah, not worlds adrift. I said, I miss worlds adrift. I want to come back. Say its name. <laughs> <laughs> um, you no, know, the, the new world. It's not. It's not indicative of, of challenges that new world is going to be facing. I think so. I mean, some I of the we'll same see. things. Um, as far as like the development, changing gears. You know. Yes. Oh, oh, like, well, I, I, yeah. Oh, like. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You know, I mean, even. The engine's difficult to work with, is what I understand. It doesn't mean it can't okay. do things. Um, it's just hard. And then if you put some engineers and give them some time, you know, they could get something out of it potentially. I don't. I'm not worried about the engine in in that case. The other thing too is like, they're not trying to be as groundbreaking. Neither of those games were going to be as groundbreaking as say like what Star Citizen was going to be, and rely, you know, having to rely on, you know, iCache. Ugh, triggered. And server meshing and, you know, like, clearly some extremely difficult things. Um, I mean, I, I think they were, they were more doable. I, I think that Amazon studio there, they're, like, trying to get a win. And there, I think there's too many cooks in that kitchen, like, probably too many people, like, making decisions. I, and I think they're trying to make data-driven decisions, and it's not working for them because of the way they're doing it. Like, what are the kids playing this day, you know? Hell, right. They might right, as well just right. turn new, you know, New World into Fortnite, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how that's how we got the monkeys back in the '60s. <laughs> what are the kids listening to these days? You know. Oh well, they got long hair and crazy, wild, colorful shirts. We'll just give them guitars and let them go. <laughs> that's not fair on the mon- the monkeys. Were actually, they were, they were contrived, but they um, they were contrived well. So. Uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to, I don't want to engender any monkey fan rage. The next installment of this episode will be made available soon. DM. <laughs>